I'm already recording. Um, okay. <laughs> I just like to, I mean, I don't even know. About you just like to warm up the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like to make sure we don't, like if something, someone says something cool right off the bat, I like to, I don't know. I just like to kind of have it there and forget about it so that it's chill and relaxed. But okay. I, I wasn't plan. I was kind of like wondering if we should talk about the foot feet book and now I'm like maybe I wasn't even sure if we should but I had a also we don't like if there's anything you want me to cut out also just let me know but anyway um yeah I watched a video recently about fetishes and it was like postulating that feet fetish is about because like when you're a kid like the foot is like the closest like it's the closest body part to you like especially maybe if your mom is like busy and kind of mm-hmm. running around like you have the most intimate relationship with her feet and I was like just that just occurred to me um hmm. but I wonder do you do you view that book as being kind of fetishistic or I mean I, absolutely it I think it screams fetish you know <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's, I'm kind of playing with, with that idea. Like I'm using this kind of well-known fetish as a kind of like almost formally like as a way into the, the ideas that I'm interested in anyway, you know, and I think a lot of my work takes on like different forms that are all kind of zoning into the same center somehow, but through different different openings and and then and I'll intentionally like play with with what people's assumptions might be and 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 like really obvious ones you know this is a book with like 1200 pages of of women's feet so mm-hmm. that the, so there's a lot of like at the outset there's all of these associations and assumptions that people that most people would bring to that kind of an endeavor mm-hmm. and then um but then if you actually, and I think a lot of people would kind of just stop right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be the end of it. Just to, even from a description like that. You mean, but, cause you think it, cause they would think it was like pervy or something. I mean, I don't, I think different people would think different things, but even like a few sentences about that project mm-hmm. would, would almost solid, fully solidify what it, that is to a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And okay. But if one is to actually engage with it, then yeah. I think that for me, what's interesting is how how those preconceptions start to unravel. So like it is what it is. I just said it's 1200 pages of, you know, like um, kind of voyeuristic photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, and equally like the what that means or the what someone might find problematic in that or what another person might find sexy in that or fetishistic like those things are absolutely there um but the book i think and from what people have when people have spent time with it um it starts to get into it starts to get into whole other kind of like being just through that particular window so for me anyway it started out like being on the train to to work like and 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 noticing that everyone's looking down 
mm-hmm. you know? And so, so it was a kind of like technological moment of everyone having iPhones around when I started taking these pictures. And I just noticed that people aren't really looking at each other. Everyone's looking down more than probably in human history. People are looking down Yeah. and on the subway in New York. Also, I noticed that, um, you know, it's that kind of starry night or starry sky floor by uh, linoleum or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking a lot about like feet being a connecting point to the earth. You know, it's like, it's what connects us to the earth and like where gravity mm-hmm. kind of accumulates in our feet and is the touch point to, to the earth. And on the one hand, and then I was, and then I was thinking a lot about sexuality actually and different visions of like how we had, what attractiveness is like what like those kinds of how those kinds of aesthetics evolve and then you do go into like what you're saying like maybe there's something from childhood being short being close to yeah or you know or different cultures throughout history that have had different um, relationships to feet and to women's feet and and absolutely this kind of male the male gaze and and all of the kind of different power dynamics associated with that so it is a kind of like kind of shark infested waters a little bit but I'm pressing that button so hard and so many I'm making a kind of a bible out of that problematic yeah and then also there's a lot of text pages in that which are referencing different cultures that are sourcing texts from from um from different parts of history and then interweaving those with um, kind of personal, almost like diaristic texts. And um, so it starts to kind of get. hmm? I actually didn't realize it had text in it. It's so large. Yeah. It has like hundreds. It has like hundreds of pages. It has like a couple hundred pages of text. And so once you, um, yeah, there's like texts that are um, translations from like Egyptian sarcophagi or whatever, or sarcophaguses, sarcophagi. Sarcophagi. But anyway, yeah, like, so, so I like, yeah, I mean, I still don't know what to make of that project in a sense. Like I kind of made that uh, you know, I was thinking about Vito Conchi a little bit, and these like pe- there's a famous piece of where he was following people in New York mm-hmm. until they noticed that he was following them, and then he would stop and follow someone else. So there is a kind of um, I was thinking about Moy Bridge a lot and movement studies, mm-hmm. um, and also I I had this kind of um, guideline of like all the feet had uh, toe cleavage, you know, like hey. so yeah. like. So it was this kind of like semicircle or like crescent shape. And then like the lines of the toes peeking out, Mm -hmm. um, which was a kind of like guiding principle. Like that's what I'm taking pictures of. Yeah. Um, And kind of like links it to the breast, which is like the original kind of fetish object too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and, also it's I would like it becomes more and more absurd the more you do it which is why there's so many pages where it's like um you know a rose is like Gertrude Stein's like a rose is a rose is a rose is a, it's like the more you say it the more abstract it gets the more it kind of deconstructs into like a different kind of meaning or or non-meaning yeah. and I was looking at this project um in a, in a similar way where like you do it so much to where it's 
so much not about an individual woman or me looking at that one person you yeah. see because it's so many different young and old and it's clear that the kind of driving force isn't <laughs> the more you go into it it's less and less about this kind of like pervy pervy uh, voyeuristic photography it is on an individual basis that's exactly what it looks like but then the more you look at it and the less it is for, for me the less it becomes about that and, you know, the, the women that have looked, you know, I had a kind of opening with, right. Cause I've only made five, there's only five of them. Mm-hmm. And um, there were a lot of like women that came to the opening and, I, and, and when you spend time with it, it really, it's like, it just goes into an abstract space. I feel it's like, wait, what, this isn't <laughs> like, it is this, but it isn't this at the same time. I mean, you've seen the book, so maybe you'd be better at responding to it, mm-hmm. but. I mean, when you were talking about it, like. I was thinking like, yeah, even when you do a portrait of someone's feet, like it kind of takes it out of the individual realm too, because you don't really, I mean, at least I don't associate like a personality so much with the feet, like it becomes a bit more universal maybe, or disembodied, or not disembodied, but I don't know, not... I don't, I don't have the same relationship I have with feet to a face, you know? Yeah. But feet, obviously like they, they show there's so much information in feet in terms of the person and how, how time has affected them, how, how their, their body weight affects them. Mm -hmm. And then, and then certain like cultural things of like what style, (laughs) you know, what are the patterns, what are the designs of the shoes? What are the, you know, how many, like, there's a lot of leopard print. Those are my favorite because, you know, like it's this relationship to the natural world also that's being kind of superimposed. And, and also the pain, the pain of wearing those kinds of shoes, oftentimes that show the toe cleavage, Mm. it's like, you know, it's like this self-imposed or culturally imposed (laughs) idea of, of, of attractiveness, whether it's to someone else or to yourself that somehow also involves pain, like that those yeah. are not, for the most part, not comfortable shoes. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot, there's a lot there, you know, and, you know, again, going through these like many, many photographs with this um, Orthodox Jewish man. And actually the book binders were also um, Hasidic Jews and they were older. This, you know, the guy that was binding the book, like hand binding these books must have been like 80 years old and um at the end you know like he was doing it he didn't say anything the whole time right he's (laughs) just like and at the very end when he's giving me the books when he finishes he's he's like you know I hope I hope you don't mind but can I ask you why you made um these books with like you know thousands of pictures of, of of women's feet yeah and when he said that I was like man how do I answer this I answer this question to this man yeah. and I thought about it and I was like I said I said would you agree <laughs> that that God exists in all things mm. and he's like and he thought about it and he's like yes I would agree that God exists in all things and then I said well this book is about finding God in a place where you wouldn't think he would be um, and so, I mean, th- that was a kind of way I, I 
in the moment translated that book because yeah you wouldn't think you know it comes across as not where god is let's put it that way but i think that's i think he isn't according to that logic he if he's in all things he he can be accessed through something that seemingly isn't even about that kind of yeah well also i think sexuality can be very much about spirituality and even then i think about the feet like you kind of the idea of like worshiping often people are like kneeling at the feet and stuff like that or even the feet as like the idea of you know the soul of the foot and that kind of thing yeah absolutely absolutely oh and then there's also pictures of the universe and like outer space so yeah there was this kind of triangulation so there's this hyper zoom in like i, I was trying to get as close as possible to the toe cleavage and then there would be images of the universe so it's like so from some super micro to mm. super macro this like breathing like in and out in and out and then the kind of oftentimes it was on the subway so the subway floor would have these stars or this kind of star pattern um mm. and mm-hmm. and then a lot of the texts were were kind of also either supernatural or spirit you know from different spiritual uh, traditions that are dealing with kind of the unknown or or the universe or you know things things like that or death life and death mm. i mean again because even if it is a book about and we don't need to talk too much more about this project but <laughs> even if it's just a book about a fetish which yeah. you know I, then you know a fetish is you know this kind of sexual drive is uh, like you said is a, is an as the important aspect of evolution of 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 the you know of humanity continuing so yeah. thinking about like how we're attracted to each other and and where the where the kind of aesthetics of that come from is you know that's fine for the book to be looked at that way yeah or even the idea of like union with the other or you know yeah yeah but i made it like i you know when when i finished i was like wow this is beyond me like like this this is so like the scope of this thing is so big like you know i think i'll kind of wrap my head around it more when uh maybe in 20 years or something and (laughs) i like that idea too of like something that intensive like time and labor intensive being something that is kind of almost intentionally uh, undefined to yourself yeah because i so people at the first question people always ask is do you have a foot fetish and i totally don't yeah i totally don't so in fact it was a kind of like like disciplined thing that i had to keep taking these pictures because i don't have that i'd not you know that's not a thing for me on the one hand and on the other hand it's not like you're still out there in the world taking these pictures so people would assume that that's exactly what the reason is yeah um and so there's a kind of like um the performance of that there's a kind of like durational performance like thing that was happening in that project as well yeah i mean i think something i thought would be an interesting starting place is like how well my last guest was another like passionate Jewish man and um he was talking about this idea of like cultivating inconsistency and I don't know if you cultivate it but I definitely feel like you are very comfortable with 
inconsistency in your work and and he was saying it as a good thing in terms of like not trying to like brand yourself or whatever something like that and I wonder how you think about that or if you um would like someone told me at like portfolio day when I was like a teenager applying to college like they were like oh you're an idea person and I felt like <laughs> that was true actually like I feel like I have lots of ideas all the time and maybe some people don't have that and so yeah sometimes yeah. I feel like I almost had too much to think about yeah you know this the idea of consistency or inconsistency is you know I think a lot of artists talk about that and think about that I almost don't think that that's I don't think about being inconsistent or consistent. I think that when, when we try to put a kind of consistency onto what we do, it, it's like, it's unnatural. I don't think that our natural state, like I think I, or I could equally say, I think I'm trying to be as consistent as possible. And what that looks like is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. If I were to kind of arbitrarily try to have things look um like they were and I mean I actually do have bodies of work that will you know everything is red or whatever you know however yeah. one measures um consistency but I do but I do that as a challenge to the idea of, of consistency so um yeah I have a lot of views about that but it's yeah I don't I don't really think about consistency or not I think that that's not a I don't I don't think that's an accurate or like honest way of really thinking about making, making work. Um, and I think it's also very like retro retrospective because mm -hmm. how we define consistency is always based on examples from the past of what a body of work looks like, or what a, a period in your artistic life looks like and how you put like kind of bookends around that. And I think that in the future, someone may look back at the way I make work and say, wow, like, look how consistent that was. I, I truly believe that because equally yeah. when you look back to artists in their time, people would say this doesn't make sense or what, you know, they'd have all kinds of criticisms uh, about what we would say are the most consistent artists now, you know? Right. So, so maybe it's like, yeah, like a longer view or something. Like, I, I don't know, wonder what relationship like, you know, someone like Paul Sack might be a kindred spirit in that way. Like, his work is not defined by any one material or... Yeah, I think he's a good... He is a really good example because oftentimes, let's say, you know, you're a um, hard-edged painter and that's what you do, right? And that's consistent. Like the implication is that you take painting really seriously and that you're like really zoned in and that it has like an intense uh it's intensely affecting you in your life and you're experiencing life and your whole attitude about the world is through this consistent practice of what whatever it is but that isn't necessarily the case like there's so many examples of people that have seemingly consistent bodies or like their practice is kind of uniform in a way and the it seems and the work is totally insensitive and doesn't have any of the things that you would expect from a extended kind of pointed uh 
um, attitude to, to, to your work. Uh, so like when I make a painting, I'm really making a paint, you know, I, I take it really seriously. So I, on the one hand, we could start the conversation talking about this book that I made that is not a painting. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you know, I've had, I've been painting for 30 years, you know, and, um, and I take it really, really seriously. It's something that's really important to me. So, so I, you know, I want my entire practice to be encompassed in every painting that I make. I mean, that's my goal mm-hmm. and equally and equally in, in other things, you know, yeah. Do you consider yourself a painter or an artist or do you care about like defining a label for yourself? Um, When it comes down to it, I do think I'm a painter, right? And I think maybe we've talked about this or again, artists will talk about these things all the time. But, you know, I've made a lot of sculptures, but I would not call myself a sculptor. Yeah. Um, And because I think there is a kind of distinction uh, about the way you see the world more generally. And so like, I think my attitude is that of a painter mm. and um, how I, you know, I guess we could dive deep into what, what those differences are, but in short, I'm more comfortable calling myself a painter, even when we're talking about um, a book with yeah. know, a thousand photographs or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you say that, my inclination maybe is like that sculpture more involves reality and and painting involves imaginative space more does that is that part of why you might orient more towards painting yeah I think when you yeah for me when I say painter it's it talks a lot of, like painter versus sculptor, let's say those two, like it talks about what you consider your position to be mm-hmm. within the kind of uh, architecture of art making, experiencing or whatever. And I agree, like painting at the outset is a kind of like psychic <laughs> process. Yeah. So you're putting something on, I mean, everything's of paintings or sculptures and, you know, also, right, they're objects. And so, but they don't pretend, they kind of, at the outset, don't, they, they, they're like existing in another kind of dimension to me, right? Yeah. Because they're, you're like, there it is in front of you, but it's also clearly more than the sum of its parts. And that is at the ground, at the base level of what painting means. Whereas sculpture, you have to deal with the fact that you've, you've kind of birthed this thing into the world you have to it has volume it has mass you can go walk around it you're kind of there's like almost like a god a godlike added yeah. quality I mean I'm sure a lot of sculpt, sculptors would disagree with that but I think that it's a totally different position to be to be making things from and so yeah when I make sculptural works they still I think have this kind of they they exist in a similar space somehow to what, how I see paintings existing. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, yeah, you have, I feel like from what I know of your work, you have made almost just as much sculpture as you have made paintings. And I might 
also wonder if you have any identification with the idea of like a conceptual artist or something, maybe someone who's driven by ideas more than, I guess, materials or, or if you feel like those, you're equally interested in both things. Yeah, I mean, I think you, everyone is conceptual artist, mm-hmm. you, you know, but I, and I would say almost the inverse of what you said is like, I'm, I think I'm hyper-focused on materials, which is why <laughs> I move from this thing to that thing, depending on what my kind of driving impulse is. Mm-hmm. If I were to put everything within the parameters of painting, even if kind of my intuition or whatever was pointing somewhere else, then I think that would be the kind of consistency that is, I don't don't want or like, you know, yeah. or like I would be forcing it into a kind of um, into parameters that that are consistent. Um, but no, I think like the materiality of a photograph or the materiality of a found object, mm-hmm. um, or just the materiality of things as you experience the world is you know that's what I try to be sensitive to and so definitely the history of painting and the way painting has done that is interesting because it is like a very material thing in front of you but it is kind of like zapping into this alien brain that is communicating in all kinds of ways that are not in the here and now yeah Um, you kind of it's like whatever's in the painting you're kind of aware of the space or the image and simultaneously aware that it's kind of a fake that it's not reality or some or the the painting is its own reality kind of that is not yeah just regular reality (laughs) yeah yeah you're you're setting it off on this kind of like spiral of its own life like you you make a painting and and then it exists in time in a kind of different concept of time it's its own things totally separate from you and is activated throughout time by by different viewers who in my view are really making the painting every time like to me I see the viewer as the creator not just as like oh they're activating the experience when they're you know in front of the painting but I think that they're the viewer is a product of everything that came before them and and whatever's in their head or in their body at that time is is creating is creating that artwork mm. um, and equally I can be a viewer to my own artwork yeah too, you know but it's totally distinct and separate um, after the fact and so that maybe that has something to do also with relationship to to material and just like taking it every material seriously like the way every material arrives in front of you on its own path just like you have arrived in front of it and so but I do keep returning to painting so yeah that just from that question there's something about it that I can't you know that that I can't and I think a lot of us kind of can't drop I would love to like not be a painter but it's the kind of initial like it's not a lie but this kind of it's like an unthing. It's a non-thing, and I can't think of a better platform to to consistently make work. Like to me, I just retire. It's a touch point that will be there for the rest of my life, even while I make sculptures and whatever other 
uh, projects I do. Yeah. You know? What do you think first attracted you to painting? Like, do you have memories of like the first paintings you saw or the first like idea you had of wanting to paint? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and this is also partly why like I don't talk, you know, this is a kind of a rare conversation mm-hmm. for me to have uh, because, yeah, I don't often talk about my work so directly. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's a really personal thing for me. So I started painting and making drawings and paintings when I was, so I was born in, U- in Kiev in Ukraine. My family immigrated when I was four years old. And this is how I think about it now. I mean, who knows, but, you know, at four years old, it's like when your kind of language is really starting to develop. And that's exactly when I had this like crazy shift in my life mm. where I wasn't old enough to understand what it means to be in a totally different environment, totally different language. It's like, it's like my parents told me I would run around saying that I think I'm going crazy because (laughs) yesterday I understood everyone. And today I don't understand anyone. Mm -hmm. And so for the first year in America, um, I was, I didn't talk. So like, even, you know, I, I learned English very quickly, but in school with actually Hebrew school, like I went to a Jewish school cause we were, you know, sponsored by the Jewish community mm-hmm. in Baltimore. But anyway, so for the first year in, I guess, kindergarten, I didn't talk. And the way I communicated was like drawing and painting. Like I was thinking about this the other day, like, even if I wanted to go to the bathroom, I'm, I like would like, you know, <laughs> like illustrate it. So, so, so there was this kind of like, De- deeply like personal like community <laughs> like the the communicative quality of mark making yeah was something that is something that for me was really like kind of I would say protected me as a child in in as I was kind of like processing this shift in my in my life and and where it was that level of seriousness, where it's almost like kind of a shield too, where like mm-hmm. people would get to know me and people like the really the only way I, I didn't say anything um, for that year. And that's the only way people like my, you know, fellow little kid students, you know, got to know me. And so, mm-hmm. so from, so it was very, per, it was like a very kind of, you know, personal in that way. Um, in terms of how I what I believe the function of this thing was like it wasn't like fun it was like survival uh, kind of yeah I mean it was yeah something like something like that so Mm -hmm. um so and it was also like always my thing like my father's a musician he always pushed me into actually like sports and music and we is you know kind of crazy upbringing in terms of the kind of different which might speak to why I do different things now too but um but the thing that was mine was uh was something that I could go like into my room and do and you know and make be in your own kind of headspace in your own world which when a lot of your life is is really crazy you know to have like moments of escape um is important and for sure drawing and painting is 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 a good way to do that that's why so many kids you know that's why kids are such good artists yeah cool interesting yeah maybe I kind of knew that but I forgot or but um yeah so anyway that's like the beginning so and and since then it's been just a given you know like because I've done other things and you know worked in gallery world and stuff and people like oh 
what if people see you as not an artist and for me like from a very very early on the my relationship to to art making is so like ingrained that it has allowed me to then do other things I don't I don't need to like just justify that (laughs) to anyone but I'm also very protective I I could say which you know has made me be maybe more private than I than I could be Mm -hmm. um yeah I think the first time I met you was like you introduced yourself maybe as a gallerist or something or you had a gallery um but I feel like it was like maybe that it's slightly tongue-in-cheek or something <laughs> <laughs> I imagine so um but I mean I feel like we could talk about a lot of things like the uh, I was like the first time I saw your work was that stepsister the black strawberry paintings but I'm kind of like more curious of just thinking about where you're at now if you want to talk about that it feels like you're exploring abstraction a lot (laughs) um yeah sure yeah I mean I've I'm a pretty interesting place I think from in my work um and thinking about language actually just talking about like when I you know this transition of you know not speaking and then speaking English um there you know there's a kind of like pre-lingual recognition that or that that humans have right both before you speak as children but I think even as adults even though we do process so much through language I think a lot of our experience is really this like the shorthand of just going through life right we can't Mm-hmm. like reality is so immense that we can't process all of it. So we have kind of shortcuts uh, that are built into our kind of brain function that help us cross the street and pick up a fork and whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, with my work, when you, when you talk about abstraction, I've been thinking more and more about like what of like ways to, to translate this kind of like not lingual, um, shorthand of kind of maybe it's pattern recognition maybe it's like it goes deep into some kind of like ancient like prehistoric or like brain of of certain um certain patterns or or certain abstract like ways we abstract the world which is how we go through the world is by abstracting everything and translating things into a kind of personal language that helps us you know helps us function so so a lot of the paintings I've been making over the last years you know maybe five years are essentially like pattern paintings but where the patterns are starting to for me anyway like it's weird to be try to be outside of language and they're constantly putting language on it after the fact right when you're making work you're you're like imposing context and language onto something and then I'm constantly then trying to erase that and erode that and that's how the paintings develop um, as well um, so yeah so so that's one <laughs> I don't know how descriptive that is but of like I'm making abstract paintings that are that have kind of pattern different patterning things and shapes um, but I want them to to start to have kind of vague vaguely transcend that into a kind of 
objectness, like a, a recognizability that it doesn't have language, if that makes sense. Um, and then on the other hand, like just being like in awe of things that you, you, we discover. I think most artists like go, you go through life, you're like, look at that thing on the street or look at that piece of trash or, you know, all these moments that we, we see as being kind of like glitches of, <laughs> of meaning. You're like, wait, there's something, there's, there's something there that's special. Mm-hmm. And um, according to whatever our value system is, we find things that then fill, fill that void. And for me that happens. And, and I think a lot about found objects mm-hmm. and, and found artwork. So like even in a recent show, like putting other anonymous people's art into my exhibition and, these kinds of questions of authorship but um mm. and then and then yeah just there's certain things that feel so important and it's a little bit hard to to put it into words as to why you know mm-hmm. like I felt fa- I was walking towards the beginning of maybe like four or five months ago in my neighborhood and I was um I found this it was starting to rain and there was like this book on the sidewalk and I picked it up and it was I think it was called Bi- Bible Word Search, Biblical uh-huh. Word Search. So it was like word search puzzles, but all like with characters and stories from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I opened it and it'd be like, you know, you're just like circling. Um, it'd, it'd be like name names, uh, all the different names of the devil, you know, or or um, or like one is like Israel's enemies, right? Histor- <laughs> historically Israel's enemies. And in a word search and if that's on the street and like kind of damp and some of it's filled out, some of it isn't. And so there's a whole lot of stuff for me where I'm like, well, there's like a lot going on here of like serious and silly, <laughs> you know, yeah. like nothing and everything um, that is a kind of uh, tone or tone that I, would like to have in a lot of my work I, even like the foot book is kind of similar where it's like it is kind of like a bible word search like what the fuck is that like why would yeah. the, the bible should not become a word search game of, of like you know it's like it, it's like opposites yeah. in the same place so anyway so I'm when I look at that I'm like well what do you you know the impulse is to take that to kind of quote unquote like metabolize it into your practice somehow squeeze the juice out of it or, and like put it into things. And, and I wonder, but like, you know, what am I, like, what am I supposed to do with that? And so, um, so anyway, yeah. Like, so some things I put into painting, some things I've collab, you know, like I do what artists do and try to kind of like uh, use, use these things, or I just look at them and think about them. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of combining things that I make with things that, you know, that I find or that other people make as well. And, mm. and, and not necessarily making a big distinction between those things. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot there. Um, I was thinking about, well, this idea of synchronicity and like, I think, I don't know if Jung came up with it, a kind of like, kind of maybe once the search is begun that like things kind of come to you like that that our psychic reality does have some relationship to physical reality um which is one of his more esoteric ideas and not and then like 
the idea of inspiration as like literally being like filled with spirit and stuff. And but then when you're talking about the book, it is funny, like I mean, the idea of spirituality too is maybe or or art, like a guy idea of a search, but like a word search is such a like dumb and kind of simplified version of that. And then I was remembering you did that show at Gustav Waxman too that had another like kind of game or workbook thing you were working with with this like faces and and noses and things that were kind of rearrangeable and I feel like maybe I wonder how you think about this but yeah I feel like in working with found objects and and even anonymous art like that you kind of don't really care about crafting like an identity as an artist or something like it. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it. that's a complicated, that's a complicated question for sure. You know, I am really distrustful of, of, when when an artwork or when I think about an artist and their kind of personality or identity is um, kind of hovering outside of the work, you know, like when it's inside the work, then that's fine for me. But when it's something kind of superimposed to be a kind of like invisible glue that is, it kind of brings a story or consistency or some kind of drama that is, um, easier to consume in some way um I don't think that's good you know or for me I'm not interested let me just say I'm not I'm less interested in that um and the kind of art that I like isn't isn't doing that um but that comes into conflict with a lot of the ways that we consume art in the world or in institutions or in museums or in the market which, you know, so the way we consume art is kind of overlaid onto kind of like corp, maybe corporate <laughs> structure or some, something like that, that doesn't actually have much to do with how I think about making art or how I think about looking at it. But it is a fact of the matter, too, you know, so so th that's a that's a really complicated thing, because part of me thinks that if I was more like if I put a kind of narrative onto the disparate things that I do, then it would be much, much more palatable <laughs> to mm -hmm. people, to other people and say, Oh, now I see where the thread is that goes between these things. And I'm always inclined to make it more, not necessarily more difficult, but I'm okay, I guess, even though it can be difficult, but I'm okay with the work just taking more time yeah you know or to to for people to to receive it um i i have to be okay with that i guess that's where things like meditation or like <laughs> other things that we do in our lives you know you and i have talked about this before um yeah. i think to, it's a way of kind of building um a strong core where you stand by you stand by uh your beliefs when it comes to you know your, your attitude about your own work and how it exists in the world because certainly there's a lot of pressures to to uh to do things that make it easier maybe to put it to to be um 
I don't know what the word is, commercial or, or something, something like that. Yeah. And like, yeah, and easy isn't necessarily better or, you know, I feel like we have a lot of easy art out there and like Instagram kind of lends itself to a certain kind of ease of like, if you can get something in like one second that is conducive to being big on Instagram, you know, like there's a kind of like, subtlety that I think doesn't really jive with social media or slowness even I think it's like you know it's not as like I mean I'm talking about even myself you know I look at usually someone's pick for like one second at most or something generally so in that space and I don't really want my art experience to be like that so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I have an Instagram and it's true, you know, it's like we participate and we try to kind of do it in a way that we feel more comfortable with. Like, and, and you know, I, I participate in a lot of the stuff that I'm speaking critically about. Yeah. And, and I think that's also important to, you know, to try to affect the thing and to also, you know, um, be, try to be an example of what how you would it's how you would rather that it be (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I Um, mean it's like you have to live in the real world too right like yeah yeah for sure like yeah I don't know that almost takes me back to the flip book like the sacred and the profane coexisting or something or like I don't know yeah yeah um but I do think of you as a person with a lot, with high ideals or a high level of like of hold wanting to hold yourself to very high kind of standards of art making and things. Well, you know, I I just try to get as much out of it as I can. I think though, to me, the main reason to self-identify, let's say, as an artist is is to not have to subscribe to shit like the whole your whole life is like having to have a social security number having to get a driver's license having to do all of these things from all these directions that are you you really feel like you don't have much of a choice over and a lot of times you don't but this kind of self-identification the one thing that being an artist is is that you can define what it is what it isn't how you do it Mm -hmm. Um, and to me that is like such a valuable that is like the most valuable thing which I'm unwilling to there's nothing that yeah I'm unwilling to let go of the freedom that that gives me in my own kind of life as I walk through the world and have to do all of the pay my taxes and every other thing you know um so and it also allows me to to kind of break with reality in really Mm. intense and crazy ways like and to to induce situations where other people are participating in that like the like the footbook and these you know these these Hasidic Jewish uh, men that I was working with they didn't expect that that just came onto their lap and you know it was operating within something they understand I'm here to make a book you bind books right I'm paying you money you accept money so so all of the things work except I was just switching out kind of one kind of book for another kind of book and to me what I try to cultivate and have over the years is like getting comfortable with really like 
having these very um, concise um, at like acts, you know, like where I where I like shift the way things work really dramatically and and kind of see what happens and then have the wherewithal to kind of put things back together in a way that that is responsible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know. I think it's cool. Like, I mean, I don't know that I've ever answered it that well, but like I've had the experience also of like, you know, going to the dentist and saying I'm an artist. And then they ask you like, what kind of art do you make? And I don't know, usually I'd find I don't really take on the challenge that intensely, but I feel like in that situation of the book, it seems like it was kind of a cool thing where yeah like seeing if you can communicate something in a simple way that maybe isn't that simple and I well in that in that case like you know we were involved in the same enterprise you know like if your dentist is asking you it's like well no you're there to get your teeth cleaned you're not there to like explain that to your dentist but if I'm putting someone in a situation that's kind of stretching them in some way, you know, I think it's on me to, to actually be the thing that I'm, uh, that I'm kind of advertising. And this happened a lot with people would ask me, like, if I'm taking pictures of women's feet and they're like, well, did anyone ever get mad? Or, you know, you know, there's a lot of pictures like, and in that moment I had to be the, the way I'm talking about it now in this extended conversation, I had to actually be that person. Right. I know how it might come across. First of all, no one said anything ever, Yeah. but if they did, I would say like what I'm doing, you know, like I would try yeah. to say what I'm doing. And I think they would, I think it would be believable because, because it would be true, you know, but yeah. in order for it to be true, that's a lot of, you know, there's a long process to get to that point of actually because people all can sense what's real and what's not real, right? Yeah, and I don't, and I want. I feel like I feel interested in believing in the accessibility of art and stuff. Maybe not everyone's interested, but I don't. I don't want to operate from the point of view that oh, you wouldn't understand, or you know, something like that. To actually yeah trust someone enough to kind of engage them and and try to actually communicate i think is cool yeah it's a it's a i think a issue that any artist comes across like when they go home for thanksgiving or they go to the yeah. dentist or, or whatever and um some again we get to probably talk a long time about this too of like this kind of when was this rupture from like the everyday person and their relationship to art like at some point there is an absolute like fork in the road where people a a huge proportion of the world feels alienated to even the concept of art and where art is this elitist thing and that it excludes and that's a horrible horrible thing Mm -hmm. and on the one hand I want to be open I am open to, to, and to being generous with anybody about what I'm doing and what, if I'm working with other artists. Um, on the other hand, if someone isn't coming with a kind of energy to want to be involved, a kind of curiosity, then I equally don't feel like it's my responsibility to do that. But because what we're doing, I think is like what I actually think we're to me and you are 
are artists or painters, like we're on some crazy shit. Like the, what our lifestyles are like and compared to other people is really on it. Like we're some kind of like magic, weird pseudo psycho spiritual, whatever alien shit. That's how I really see it. It's so intensely like beautiful and scary and erratic and you know all of these things like that affect our every day and that is a very particular thing that's a kind of and a really serious <laughs> decision too because it's not easy to live your life that way yeah and um, not everyone is not everyone is wanting to go there like oh. yeah and like and also I don't believe in like doming things down like trying to water them down so that they're palatable for everybody like I don't think that's the way to go no not at all but I mean but I think you know I feel stuck a little bit between the on the one hand like what we're talking about and on the other it's like if you go into a lot of the kind of professional art world I equally feel um disconnected and again i'm involved with some of it but yeah. i feel totally disconnected with a lot of it so if it was up to me it would be like you know i just want to find people that are in my you know that are like yeah. par partners in arms that you know or whatever yeah. that are kind of going through the same thing that can have a you know kind of communal com communality yeah it. but um totally yeah. i think there's yeah, the art world itself, there's, or there, I don't think there's one art world. I think there's like many art worlds and many reasons why people make art and many different things they're trying to get out of it and stuff. So there are kind of like, there is a sense of, yeah, like maybe trying to find your tribe within that or something. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, and like, so you and I found each other through, through that. Mm -hmm. um and that's how we find most of our you know, peers uh, yeah but I would also say that it's through like institutions that we'd feel like we couldn't really find each other without you know whether it's grad school or whether it's like art world gallery stuff mm -hmm. it's like these are like preset not preset because these things are always evolving but I I'll, before going to grad school I was like where do I find you know people that I have a kind, kind of common ground with. There's no, you know, there's no real other way other than through these institutions. And I was always curious why that, why that was, you know, the people yeah. exist. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it feels like at some point, like, I don't know, my sense is that like the ab Xers would all like go to the cedar bar and you know like hash it out and stuff like that which sounds really cool and romantic and maybe maybe some of I don't really I mean I was gonna say maybe some of that happens in our time but maybe not as much as you would hope or something you know I don't feel like often in the in the conversations surrounding our openings that people were necessarily talking about their work in an impassioned way you know yeah well, I would say most of the time it's not it's not like that and it's not even that romantic the way you're talking about the abexers there's a kind of romance to that where it's like okay that's cool I, I don't mind that but you also we you can't recreate that now because that's a whole different era and generation of people in a different time um 
so what would the equivalent of that kind of like let's say romance uh <laughs> be now i think is something that's I think it happens, of course, but it's it feels a little bit lost too, I, because everything gets entangled in in uh, these kinds of given structures. Anyway, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit unfair, but I think we could, I think artists could just be a lot more. And I'm speaking for myself here too, just a lot more inventive as to doing cool, fun shit with each other that is like just about us. Yeah. You know? Some, and- you know, like I was painting these portraits. It was kind of trying to do that you know portraits of artists or whatever yeah I mean I think we could also be a lot more like disagreeable like I would I mean I speaking for myself again too like I I feel like I'm working with like trying to be more comfortable with like no I feel like there's a real culture of feeling like we shouldn't ruffle anyone's feathers happening. And I feel like the exact opposite kind of like I want to be, and I'm not saying I'm good at it, but I would, I would like to build up a tolerance of being like, you know what? No, I don't agree with that. Or like challenging people and not feeling like that's bad or mean or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, we've talked, we've talked about that too, about whether it's like, certain political positions mm-hmm. um yeah a lot of things have been kind of neutralized and yeah. also it's like you're allowed to be critical in the category that you're allowed to be critical in which is the antithesis of like what art making is it's like yeah it's not about you know not to say that art making is about being offensive that's not what i'm saying yeah it's just like it doesn't give a shit about these kinds of like very immediate like uh values that cultural values that are constantly shifting so art doesn't have to be responsive to like okay what's okay now okay what's okay tomorrow and who said you know yeah i i find it very um uh, stifling sometimes for sure um if that's what you're kind of what you're saying i don't know if i'm yeah yeah i think so or even that it that i may censor myself more than i want to because i'm i feel like people can't take the truth or I don't know I mean I feel like that's part of what this podcast is about maybe like challenging myself to be more honest in public or something but also I was thinking I was talking to a friend yesterday and we're like you know that art art has become this kind of totally permissive space in a certain way right like everything's permitted kind of but then to actually figure out what is transgressive or challenging can be like tricky, you know, because like in many ways, everything's permitted, but in a certain way, I feel like there's a lot that isn't permitted also, but it's maybe hard to like identify what that actually is. And yeah, I think that depends on the, which art world you're talking about from before you said there's a lot of different art worlds. I think um, the more, I think the more economy, the more, the closer to the market you get, the less permissible art gets, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I'm just kind of trying to formulate that now, but, you know, because it has to be, you know, when you, when you apply a kind of monetary value to something and it has to be more stable, right. And stability means like predictability mm. um, and cons- consistency and things, things like that. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, being transgressive 
again, you you need to be transgressive in a way that it's kind of people feel feel comfortable with. Right, which is, which which is, is not transgressive. Exactly, yeah, which isn't transgressive at all. So, like, there's certain po- postures of transgression which are super, like, permitted or even, like, kind of codified or something. Like For maybe, sure. Like, we talked about Mirandi a lot. Like, maybe that's transgressive, actually. You know? Well, I, I mean, when we were talking about it, like we brought that up as something that doesn't seem like so radical necessarily, but that in so, in so many ways it is really radical and is really transgressive. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of things maybe now that look that have the kind of outer outer shell of transgressive are actually not at all, or even yeah. sometimes doing the opposite of what they're claiming to do mm-hmm. sometimes knowingly or unknowingly. And so it's a really confusing, I mean, for me anyway, it's very confusing uh, time to be, to be living just as a person in the world, but, you know, making art also, because I think that if you're doing what even just your own personal, like intuitive self is pushing you to do, I definitely think it becomes problematic immediately <laughs> when put into the kind of, um, let's say institutional or market landscape of art, that aspect of the art world. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, maybe, may, maybe I'm oversimplifying there a little bit, but it just, it does feel that way to me. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about not exactly that, but like, I would say, well, there was this article that Dean Kissick wrote recently. Did you read that about like, like he was kind of critiquing the figurative art boom and kind of how light it is and how kind of like pleasant it is and stuff. And he was kind of challenging people to make something that's a little less likable or something. If I, I think that's how I would maybe like put it in a nutshell. And I, I did feel like a call to arms from that or something. Like I would. I'd feel like maybe a thing I've grappled with throughout my work is, or even my personal life is like being seen as really nice and sweet and cute and not wanting to be that, like wanting to be something a little more wanting. I mean, I don't think I really am that, but, but maybe people seeing that first and I maybe play with that line also. Yeah, I think that I would kind of dis- push, disagree. It. I just I remember when I first met you, like it took less than ten seconds before any kind of <laughs> if I had some kind of preconception or like your your voice or something or you know, mm-hmm. uh, or even you you have this kind of bubbly personality or sometimes you dress in a kind of bubbly way, yeah. you know. But I remember very quickly that being not you know like I, so I think you actually do a really good job of being yourself but also not making a point of like like you didn't come across as you were like trying to to counteract what someone's like initial or from a distance view of you would be like I I, Mm. yeah I mean that's someone that kind of knows themselves you know it seems to me yeah Um, so yeah I'm a little so I'm a little disagreeing because I think you do a really good job of just like being yourself you're like, yeah, you can be bubbly, but you're also yeah. like all these other things, you know, some right. people would just like not be dressing a certain way. You're like, no, fuck that. I'm exactly doing what I want, you know, right. but it comes across to, I think. 
Yeah. Oh, that, well, that's nice to hear. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah, be this certain thing that is maybe people's idea of what being smart or whatever powerful needs to be or something. But I feel like maybe when I was younger, I, people would be more condescending to me or something like that. And maybe, so maybe I did like break out of it or something, but I'm curious if there's something in your work that you can identify that maybe is something you fight with or that is a particular challenge that you feel you work with? Uh, I mean, I think it's all like, it all feels like a challenge. I'm not saying it's all like a big strenuous thing. Like I take a lot of pleasure in it, but I think, yeah, like making even let's say the painting from one painting to the next, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I'm um, doing something that I already know is successful. You know, like it's kind of like the opposite of how I see a lot of painting where it's like mm. you find a, you, you found a path like that, uh, that, that works. And it was really hard to get to that path. Like it's really hard to get to, to, to a painting even that you're like, wow, this is operating the way I want. And it's so hard that you want to recreate that. You want to like live in that good space. Yeah. And for me, the second I feel like I have kind of, I've wrapped my mind around something or I've located the value, I'm, I'm going in the opposite. Like I'm eliminating that thing first and I do that perpetually. So in that sense, it's difficult, but it's also really exciting because it's like you're constantly unbalanced and like kind of unmaking, not to say that the work, the paintings are all labored. It's more like conceptual, conceptual, a conceptual approach to the painting. Um, but it is difficult. Yeah. Like from, it is a difficult place to be because you kind of like can't. Um, but then at the same time for myself, I'm like very gratuitous where I'll make like 200 of something like <laughs> those faces at the Kustoff Waxman show with like stickers of eyes and noses. So, I do like, in that sense, it's like, yeah, I could have very consistent shows where it's like everything's all, almost exactly the same. But for me, it's a, it's just a way of working through, working through ideas, you know, then after the fact, like making an exhibition or something is kind of a, is a different kind of process, I guess, of, of uh, kind of constructing uh, analogous kind of, or like meanings or, or, or analogies between works or, Mm -hmm. or or the opposite of those things and that's somewhere where I do still think I'm developing like what I really am trying to say like once the kind of concrete works are done how to then put them in a space and have them deal with each other in the space I mean and I've solved that by being really site-specific like so like you know I did this show at the synagogue so a lot of the a lot of the kind of context is so saturated with stuff that I could kind of insert my stuff and it up and it kind of resonates in a certain way. There's so, like 90% of it is there. Um, as opposed to like, a you know, a gallery has its own, its own, you know, content that, that you have to contend with um, when you, when you, when you involve your work. That's why yeah. I've shown my work in a lot of like basements and like, not, you know, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> not white cube spaces, but I am actually curious about the white cube space, like, because for the reason I just said, because that's exactly what I'm, I'm like not about. And that's exactly why I want to then go to that space and see and test and test my, my kind of my view of it. Yeah. I have the sense that the, that the frame of the exhibition of, or of a exhibition is very important to you. Like that it really, maybe not when you're making it, but when you have the opportunity to show your work that it really is something you think about in a in a deep way or something or that or that almost like yeah the the context you're showing it is a frame and like a total composition rather than just about what works you're going to choose to put into it or something yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. I think you can't. I mean, we want to disentangle that. Like, of course, I want to show up and put my paintings on the wall, and then everyone just deals with the paintings mm-hmm. and the worlds that I'm creating. But it's just that's just not how it. You know, it isn't that way. Yeah. So I can put. You could put an emphasis on something. You could ignore something, but that's just not what it is. You know, people go to dinner, then they take a walk, then it starts raining, then they come to see your show. Right? They're come whatever it is like. <laughs> there's a whole world that everyone is bringing to um to the experience of 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 art and the factors that you're claiming to have some sensitivity over let's like the lighting or the location or the color of the walls or whatever the the given like the list of things that you're saying okay this is part of what the art exhibition is you know i think it's important to be really really sensitive to those things whether you leave them be as people expect them or or you you know and of course that and these are old ideas you know yeah taking the floor out of the gallery or whatever it's you know but so I think actual sensitivity or actual like profound shifts shouldn't look profound right because that doesn't then they're not okay I can dig 20 feet under the gallery floor but no that's like not what the the major move is anymore that's not what the radical move is anymore like that's a long long time ago so like i'm interested in what 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 that is to me now like what is really operating on someone in a way that they they actually don't fully understand and maybe there is a kind of i don't know if that's coercive or or what but i just think we are we're all so like especially these days you know sitting at home and on youtube and on instagram you know it's like we're our brains are so like jumbled up with with images and ideas i think the only way you can really access someone is in a kind of like subliminal way or like through some other through some other channel and mm-hmm. i think i think art is a good actually a good way to do that someone yeah. you know where someone doesn't quite know how it's operating on them it happens to me all the time 10 years later i'm like that painting i saw is like doing something 10 years later i mean this happens all the time yeah um so I'm comfortable in that and I'm actually like luxuriate in the fact that it doesn't have to follow rules that ev- that everything else has to follow. Yeah. And I think even when you think about it that way it's like kind of like recognizing the power of like if you are so sensitive to every single thing in the painting then maybe everything around it should be equally kind of treated with that sensitivity or acknowledgement of how it works on you or or defines 
that experience. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, and so, well, sorry, were you going to say something else? No, you said you said it pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to then, maybe that's a good segue to talk about the fact that you have run a couple different galleries and are now running one. So we're kind of on the other side of it too. And, and I do feel maybe from speaking to you about it that you do want to maybe engage a larger audience than maybe just what generally comes to see art shows or is that still part of your thinking? Yeah. I'm always kind of scratching at that for sure. And thinking about ways that, that, um, that could happen. Um, but yeah, but having a space, you know, an exhibition space and working with other artists, I think, you know, this is something I'm constantly thinking about and changing my view on what that, what it means to be doing it. But I, and all, and there've been a lot of obviously artists run spaces and spaces as artworks and perform, you know, there's, there's the whole spectrum of, of, uh, approaches that 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 artists have had towards make having exhibition spaces um for me i think it comes down to the way i think about authorship of shifting authorship joint authorship you know like if you make it versus i make it like to to complicate and conflate all of those things is is something that seems important to me because I think there is, that's the communal thing. Like there's a pool of whatever that we're, you're dipping into and I'm dipping into. And then, you know, you put your name on your thing. I put my name on my thing and that's fine. And because I think we need to own a piece of that. I think that's like a part of our well being. Mm-hmm. But the fact, the fact of the matter is that it's like a really joint thing. And I like the idea of running a space and working with artists where like at the outset, I'm like, almost you know like the authorship is in question like i'm willing to be like really all up in somebody's business like your work mm-hmm. my and in a way that isn't about taking something from someone i think there's something like really like sensitive and like really profoundly beautiful in 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 being involved with someone on that deep, like what you do, you care about more than anything else in the world. And I'm not claiming to know everything about that, but I can claim to say, I care about that and want to participate like intensely in the way that we agree to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And once we've made that kind of agreement and that trust is there, then I think um, from that point, it's interesting to make exhibitions. And then I feel really creative in those moments, whether if I'm dealing with whoever, whatever other artist. Um, and, and I think that that's like such a privilege and such a cool thing to do. I mean, we go to each other's studios and we have these great experiences mm-hmm. that are really private most of the time. And, um, and really, you know, where people open up about things that are difficult to open up about. And I think to have that kind of like energy in the, in an exhibition space is is one thing that I'm that I'm working on and and also I want to treat artists and their work in the way that I would like to be treated you yeah. know and and that's so a lot of it is is 
is that as well where you know i yeah it's just as simple as that like i would want someone to take what i'm doing seriously and maybe it's not so straightforward sometimes or so um consistent <laughs> or whatever but i think that the more if someone does allow themselves to be involved with it that it gives it gives them back more than what they're giving it that's my goal and so i want to give everyone i work with that benefit of the doubt you know what i mean i don't question what people do <laughs> the way that it is is exactly how it should be and i fully commit to it and um and then we'll, we'll see what happens and you know <laughs> how it happens and after the fact but but yeah, yeah anyways not to <laughs> ramble on about that <laughs> I think it's really cool. Like it's a collaboration and like you're an art. I think you're approaching running a gallery as an artist and not in like a gimmicky way, but just like you're someone who cares about art deeply and you're like on the same team in a way, like, you know, you care about the same parts of it as the maker maybe. Um, but I and I think that artists do crave that kind of collaboration or that kind of assistance or vision or you know I don't think we have that many galleries that have a sense of vision anymore which I think is a loss yeah I mean there's different I would hope that I kind of attract the kinds of artists that you know that make that I have kind of common ground with you know there's certainly a lot of different kinds of galleries some artists want a much more transact maybe a more transactional relationship to their gallery and I guess I could be that too you know like I can adapt to the situation but I don't mean I don't have it I don't have much interest in that in the, like it sucks like business sucks too bad too much to to not get out of it what I want to get out of it you know yeah um and so that's the kind of selfish side which isn't a bad thing you know i think and i think it's collaborative anyway right i think it, this is kind of what yeah. we're talking about but again when you, you start consistent or inconsistent like when you work with any gallery it's a collaboration regardless of mm -hmm. whatever whatever it seems to look like it's highly collaborative yeah. again the context is being provided by the gallery if, let's say if it's a room with a certain uh, lighting or whatever certain square footage like there's so much and, and all the history of the all the relationship like it's it is inherently collaborative but we I think are oftentimes meant to pretend like you know like it's it's an encapsulated this show oh your show's up we put like a kind of capsule around it and we take that and then okay then you're over okay we were then we're gonna go to the next one I just don't think it actually I don't think it really works like that I know it doesn't work like that. So for me, I just start out with the idea that it's collaborative and see where that goes and see the kind of flexibility that that might add. And also this idea of compromise is something I think about a lot where with showing work, oftentimes you feel like you have to compromise. So I wanted to do this, but it didn't work for whatever mm -hmm. reason, or this is, and I think my place or like my place within the whole spectrum of like, galleries is to i want people i work with to feel like they're not compromising to whatever extent possible now mm. of course there's parameters of the space and all these things but um 
outside of that for them to be like, I'm not stopping anyone from doing anything. In fact, I'm trying to like stretch, stretch the shit out as far as possible and create a kind of a environment where that's okay. And that's, that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I was just talking to my friend today about like, I don't know. I feel like when I was in grad school, there were still like galleries where there were, there felt like a lot of galleries that had like a philosophy or at least like an aesthetic brand or something. And then I can think of other spaces like I didn't live through them. Like, well, maybe I kind of did, but um, like American Fine Arts or Pat Hearn or something where it seemed like they brought that level of kind of concept to it or something or that they collaborated in in a way um and now I feel more like most galleries it's like they're just trying to kind of get one of everything kind of you know it's just like building a team of of parts or something rather than kind of paving a specific way of looking at things yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, for sure, like Pat Hearn, American Fine Arts, like there's, there's really interesting examples of that I like that mm-hmm. I look to. Um, but equally, I feel like a total, like, like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, like I feel naive in a lot of ways, which I'm comfortable about. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm trying to get at something, but I can't quite tell what it is, you know, yeah. like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, I was thinking of, like there's just a lot of inertia of in terms of why I've started this exhibition space that I feel like I'm just a part of something that this momentum that was, that was happening anyway, because I wouldn't like, if it were up to me, I kind of wouldn't be doing this, mm-hmm. but I am. And it feels like what I should be, you know, it's, it's a little hard to place. Yeah. I mean, how, yeah. well, I get the sense it's not driven by, monetary like it's not driven by commercial interest not to say you don't want to sell things but that doesn't seem like I don't feel like you feel a need to do it in as a way to make money yeah you know I I don't even know like I don't know I I don't know how to answer that because on the one hand, I'm participating or I'm starting to participate in a very similar way to other spaces. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like way different. This is like in my house, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's not a house gallery. Like there's, there, yeah. I'm playing with some of the, some of the ways that it's working in, in way, in ways that are really strange to me and that I can't actually, um, pinned down in the moment because I'm just like going through it right now in terms of what I'm pushing and pulling and how what I'm doing is different and and even something like the relationship to selling work you know I'm very pro I don't want to say I'm pro artist but I I I believe that the value is in the artist and and that value is not even about if the art artist is good or bad or if they sell or they don't sell or if they just make it in their room and don't show anyone I think like the artist is creating is 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 the resource that is then being funneled into all of these different art worlds or whatever or world in general. 
mm-hmm. it wouldn't none of it would happen without this kind of the the oil in the ground or whatever so to speak and so i am really clear about that and I've, I've always felt that way like that's where it is <laughs> you know the, the cultural producers and so i do and again that's even outside of any valuation of the kind of work people make or anything else so with that i guess I, so I, I want artists to do well. I want artists to feel disentangled from, from like, I guess, certain market, certain pressures that are not about making their work. But, it, but at the same time, you have the way you disentangle is through the, that thing. So it, it, it gets very complicated. You know, like you want collectors to buy work. You want artists to have money to, 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 to be secure. And that's what I want for myself as well um, yeah so I'm really upfront about that too and like in fact I want more money like I want more of it to go to I want less middlemen you know yeah. if it were up to me like I would love like if I could be just independently wealthy that would be the best because then I would just like work with who I want to work with I would like fund it yeah and, and whereas now I, I am still trying to do exactly that thing but it's 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 a high stress like high pressure situation where I'm really like putting myself in all all kinds of ways on the line. And I yeah. think that's what I should be doing. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it yeah, I don't mean to say at all that you don't want to be commercially successful, but I also somehow feel like um just that's not also that you know it's not the most important thing or something or you're not doing it in a crass way maybe that's a good way to put it like you wouldn't just be like I'm gonna show this artist because I know they sell or something like that you know yeah no I for sure that's not well also I mean it depends on how you look at it because if you know if you're if you have the long view then it is gonna be financially successful you know it's about like the short medium yeah like Mm -hmm. if I'm working with people who I or like that I believe in in a long-term sense so anything long-term is a little sometimes harder to see in the short term you know and so um yeah it's that's that's kind of how I'm going about it and trying to be you know just stay with what I'm curious about but equally really bounce all of these things off of my own art practice this is another kind of um, I don't know if selfish is the word, but it's self-centered, I guess, where like, you know, I'm working with other artists who have their concerns and their lives. And I see and work with, through some of these issues and, and, and try to help build what they're doing because I care. Right. Yeah. And I am also have, I have those similar problems and concerns with my own work. And so it does, I don't know if it helps me, but it infor- it does inform me as well and, and like keep me stabilized with my own practice, which I see as being a very long-term thing, you know, and I've like, I've never had, you know, over more, mostly I don't think people really know about my work or care that much. I think there's people that I'm close with and I've built relationships with that are super important to me that really, I feel like are on board. It's really like there's nothing more important than that. But in in in, in that art, that's the art world that my art 
personal art exists in, but it doesn't so much exist in some of these other art worlds um, that I do operate in as a gallery. Uh, So it gets some, it gets interesting and kind of complicated, but um, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the soup that I'm, that I'm in right now. Yeah. I mean, we should probably wrap up the recording soon, but um, I, yeah, I feel like I've seen you through running a space in New York and now in Baltimore, and then you were also this fancy art director guy. And I felt like the way I saw it or got from you was kind of like, you were good at that kind of because you didn't really care like you weren't so like geeked out by like rich people or thinking they are more important than you or something like that well or- they're not there yeah but i but it's not to me that wasn't the, like the effort it's it's clear it's clear that the um a lot of collectors are being entertained right their lives are being enriched Mm. by uh this cultural production and mm-hmm. it's it's something that they should be very thankful for because as i am thankful when i have, buy an artwork or do you know and yeah i think sometimes we're not the way that these things systems are set up is to make you f- make the artist feel like they're at the bottom of this kind of ladder mm. and i see it as the opposite not the op- i don't know if it's the opposite but because you follow the money kind of, and the money goes from top to bottom. But I think that the resource goes from, you know, I don't think the resource goes from bottom to up. I think that artists are meant to feel that way. And there's a reason for that. And that reason is a really bad one. So anyway, so when I was working at galleries, I just didn't pretend like it was any other way other than the way that I saw it. Yeah. Well, none of those things also exist. Like there's no gallery without artists. There's no collectors can't collect if there's no art being made. So an an artist can exist without those things, but like the opposite is not true. Sure. Exactly. So I, but I think even that simple statement is, is like, seems kind of crazy, even though it's utterly true. Yeah. Um, Because it's, it's empowering. I think it's empowering. It's, yeah. If that's just what you believe. Yeah. We should remember that. I mean, maybe I should remember that as artists, like <laughs> to yeah, feel that power, even if it's not being mirrored back in exactly the way you want it to be yet or something. Yeah, that's the that's a different kind of work that I'm maybe engaging with also with mm-hmm. the other side of it, which is a hard. It's a hard path for sure, but I think an important one. Yeah.